1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England Zone, Van Helsink. With me from East Bridgewater is the blind bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan.
2: Good evening, everybody. Nice to be here. Nice to have you back, Van Helsink.
1: I actually had a question for you because, well, I actually know the answer, but uh, somebody, somebody, I was at a funeral and someone came up to me and says, why does Ian call herself the blonde bombshell?
2: (laughs) Oh, nice, nice.
1: And I said, she doesn't. I call her that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They maybe just think that I'm just too big for my britches. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's whatever.
2: Uh, it's not me, folks. I uh, I did not bestow myself with that moniker. But, but I did. Uh, but Ron did. Ron yes, did, I did. Although many years ago.
1: <laughs> Amazingly enough, that's true. Yes. It has What. Been.
2: That it's been many years, or that I yes. am a blonde bombshell? Both. <laughs> Both. Ah, thank you. Thank you. No, I, I am not nearly as conceited as uh, somebody, whoever that was, assumed, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what
1: they assumed. Maybe they were just asking where well, you got the name, that's all. So <laughs> we, we, we don't have to read things into things, you know?
2: I've seen your picture. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> Well, maybe they haven't.
1: Maybe they haven't. Maybe they only heard I mean, the podcasts.
2: I know. That's true. We don't know. We don't know. Well, they'd better check me out, clearly.
1: Yeah, evidently. <laughs> the many faces of the blonde bombshell.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding.
1: Yeah. I, I don't many. think there's another radio show on the air that has as many photographs of themselves on the air oh, and God. on facebook as we do
2: oh good lord no no oh, we oh well, we just love to have fun and we love to share it with everybody don't we
1: absolutely absolutely that's right
2: so, so anyways ready for right, christmas you're ready for christmas
1: oh sure sure i'm always sure. ready for christmas you're always ready yeah, yeah. at any moment any moment yeah <laughs> so Anyways, I was I was at a at, at the funeral and um, I was standing by the grave and so forth and mm-hmm. and uh, then um, when I come back and all that stuff and, and I soon realized I didn't have a guest for the show, so I said, you know what, I you know the the, the Christmas Carol has the, the graveyard scene in it, you know. And I was at the grave. Maybe this is a hint for me to do something on graves. So yeah. I thought I thought of you, of course. And uh, huh. so I said, you know, how can we do this? So I went and I found this cool little quiz, which we're going to take in the second half of the show. Uh-oh. And then I tried to uh, find somebody who knows about graves. And uh, I figured we'd have a guest rather than you, because I know you know quite a bit on graves yourself. So. Hey. You were kind enough to get me this young lady to join us mm-hmm. and uh, I'll let you do the introduction.
2: All right, well thank you. Uh, I would like to introduce someone who is a friend of mine and I bow to her knowledge of uh, infinitesimal knowledge of cemeteries and gravestone carvings and anything to do anything to do with the graveyard. I would like to introduce my friend Petunia Jade of the Gravestone Girls.
3: Hi, folks. How are you?
2: There Good. she is. Oh, Hi. Yes. <laughs> How well, are you doing?
3: I you a blonde bombshell long before. So. Oh. You're okay. that proudly, my dear. Thank you. <laughs>
2: uh, well, we're so we're so happy that you could be with us tonight, and I it was really super short notice and. She's like, sure, why not? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, my season is sort of over. I just shipped my last packages of gravestone goodies to my customers around the country this morning. Mm -hmm. Mm So uh, I can breathe a little bit and didn't have – your timing was good.
2: Awesome.
3: That's the crush that I've had in the last couple of months. So (laughs) we're done for a couple of days.
1: uh, That's the interesting thing, too, is because – I know you're not a ghosted girl, and but yet your season and my season are the same.
3: Oh, yeah, and there's, there's a lot of folks out there that are interested in the cemetery for all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything from art and history to uh, ghost stories and folklore, going to watch the birds, going to take a walk, sitting someplace peaceful and quiet. If there wasn't a broad interest in this, there's no way I would be able to make this the full-time job I've been able to do for the last six years. Right. Really, it's
1: it's full-time job.
3: You bet, baby. Isn't oh. she Isn't
2: she lucky? I, oh.
1: I, I I am impressed, young lady. I am very and it's impressed. A
3: hobby that ran amok.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know most. Most people just think, you know, they, they, they like to do, want to do something, and they don't work on it. But uh, you evidently have paid your dues and it's starting to pay off, which is awesome.
3: Yeah. When people say, oh, I wish I could do that or I wish I could go do the things that I love, and I tell them, you know what? If I can make it work with gravestones and cemeteries, anybody can pursue whatever it is their
2: passion is. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I Brent, uh, can I call you by your real name or should we go by Petunia? You can
3: go with Brenda. That's fine. All because right. Because I'm it like. It sounds weird to be called Petunia by anybody but my boyfriend, too. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why I asked you that prior to the show. I was trying to get what you were trying to tell me. And I, I it went all down the tubes quickly. I'm
3: called Petunia because I'm such a delicate flower. And, <laughs> and it's me, you
1: know. I'm sure you are. <laughs>
2: uh, um, well. You know, so I, I do, I, uh, I, I envy Brenda that she can do this full time, but I have to say this. She is the hardest working woman I know in the cemetery, let me tell you, <laughs> because she's everywhere and she's working her tail off. And I love it. I love it. There you you go. Know,
3: when they they say that if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. It's pretty true. I'm very happy to be able to take a break for the next month or so. I mean, I'll be right back at it, getting ready for the new season come come after the first of the year. But mm-hmm. uh, I I don't I, I work harder now than I ever worked in my other job, and mm-hmm. I work hard in my soul sucking corporate day job. So
2: <laughs> soul sucking is right, right. exactly what it was.
1: Same thing as cemetery, you know.
2: Uh, it's a better portal. Okay. There you go.
3: <laughs> Every morning can,
1: you get up, can get up and see
3: me on a bunch of cemetery
2: trips. She's not going oh. to pass up a visit. Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> I get I get mad because uh, Brenda will be visiting something locally, and she always will drop me a line and let me know. And she's like, hey, can you come come out to the cemetery today? And I'm like, oh,
3: I have to work. Come and, up and uh, me
2: in the graveyard. I can't go play in the graveyard. And, and yeah, that's a bummer. But sometimes I can sneak away. So. Yep. But, um, and, and the whole reason that Brenda and I met um, was that the local historian in East Bridgewater, Margaret Alexander, um, had been connected with Brenda through the public library. Brenda was doing a presentation. And uh, she reached out to me and said, oh, this is someone I think that you need to meet. <laughs> so we met up at the, uh, the old graveyard in East Bridgewater. And the, the rest is history, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. We spent <laughs> a bunch of field trips.
1: Yes. Always fun. But, so, so, Brenda, how did you get involved in all of this?
3: Uh, I grew up around here. I grew up in Central Mass. Mm-hmm. Anybody that lives in the New England area um, has these cemeteries in, in their towns. Uh, I My mother taught me to rub gravestones in the family graveyard when I was a little kid uh, as a method of keeping me occupied and out of her hair while she and my grandmother were taking care of the family plot. Mm-hmm. So my My grandfather died when I was very young, and my grandmother came to live with us. So in the tradition of that generation... You went to the cemetery regularly. You went to visit. You went to keep that person still in the family circle, even though they were no longer physically there. And you went and planted flowers, and you took care of everybody else that was buried there. And so we spent a... We were there probably at least bi weekly, if not weekly. Oh, wow. So I she she taught me to rub gravestones, like I said, to keep me occupied. Um, these were never... They were never scary places. They were always some place to go explore. Mm-hmm. I used to practice my numbers and my letters by reading the gravestones and doing the math and trying to figure out how old people were. Cool. Um, so the years go by, I've got all these pieces of paper, all these gravestone rubbings. And what I say is that I I had a couple of gravestone friends that I wanted to take home with me. <laughs> I knew it would be frowned upon if I removed the gravestone from the cemetery. <laughs> so um, I used my art history and restoration education to develop a process I could safely take into the cemetery to make uh, replicas of the real thing, to collect awesome. it, up, and then make a replica of that. Turns out, years later, I'm not the only one interested in owning bits of gravestones. There you it's go. Copies of gravestones. I'm not stealing them from the cemetery, but sometimes I tell people I am just to see if they're paying
2: attention <laughs> and if if anybody is interested in seeing exactly what it is um, that Brenda does, I've posted her website, which is gravestonegirls.com dot com on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. So check it out because her stuff is amazing. I have many of her, her, her uh, for her as gifts. She comes yeah. out and she says, honey, this
3: is what I want for my birthday. There
2: you go. <laughs> it doesn't always work, but you know, sometimes it did last time. So, yes, um,
3: it, it did work last time.
2: Yeah. Uh, he had but it's amazing.
3: Missing the last time before that. So
2: mm, yeah, yeah. He dropped the ball on that, but. <laughs> <laughs> he made up for it um but uh brenda actually takes can can you explain a little bit of the process of what you do with the yeah. uh carvings yeah so uh, the gravestone
3: girls as a group do a number of different things we teach gravestone rubbing classes i lecture about cemetery art and history and symbolism symbolism so the evolution of gravestones and cemeteries um Lead cemetery tours, and what you'll see if you go to the website are the cast pieces. So they're actual copies of the real thing. Um, the joke is I can't draw a straight line, so I have to work with what's already out there. <laughs> so I'm not carving anything. I'm I'm not creating anything. I'm I'm working with what's already in the cemetery to make a copy of that by using that as my original model to collect the art, bring the art that once I make the collection from the face of it, which is ancient Chinese secret, don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> sharing my, I'm not sharing my manufacturing secrets, but okay. I will say that the question I get asked is, well, if you touch these stones to collect these images, are you sure you're not damaging the stone? And, and I can emphatically say that because of my experience and my educational background, uh, I developed a process I could safely take into the cemetery to lay my material on the face of the stone, collect the image, and then I can get the art home from the cemetery. To then go ahead in a multiple-step process to make replicas from that original. So it's mm. it's the shape and size, and, and we try to finish them up to the exact colors of the original stones. Awesome. So we make things that hang on the wall, um, magnets, coasters, we use a lot of gravestone pieces, uh, gravestone castings, and, and add them to architectural salvage to make one-of-a-kind art pieces. Um, we do custom commission pieces. We, we've we done work for people that trace their ancestry back to the New England area. They may live elsewhere now, but you might have a seventh, eighth, ninth great-grandmother in a graveyard somewhere in Massachusetts that they they hire us to go out and make a plot plan and maybe make a copy of the original. So they've got that copy in their collection with their other family mementos. So people are buying them for the the art in and of themselves. And I do I do have those people that are making an actual family connection across multiple generations.
1: That's, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So
3: anyway... No one will ever say I don't enjoy my job.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Brenda, I mean, all this uh, stuff is available on your website.
3: Oh, yes. Yes. My web mistress <laughs> has been promoted to the title of social media evangelist. Ah. Yeah, she's good. She keeps <laughs> us looking good on the Internet, both on the Facebook page and on the website.
2: Awesome. <laughs> That's... That is funny.
3: We've got a lot of stuff. There's there's over 150 images in the collection. Um, Some we've retired, but most of them you can see on the website. Um, And they all come with a history tag. This is who they are and where they're from, information about the symbol. And and if there's other information as to maybe how the person died or where they were from or something that, that is stated right there on the gravestone, we make sure we collect that as part of the history and share it. On that history tag that goes with the piece.
1: Awesome. Now, you go to a lot of cemeteries. Uh, do you have, uh, are they just the older ones or do you go, for instance, to the garden cemeteries as well?
3: Oh, yeah. I never met a cemetery I didn't like. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. So um, I, I certainly have a bias. I like the colonials, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
3: for, for New England, all the old, hairy, scary images. Um, but as you, both travel around the New England area and then get outside of here um, and into the 19th century cemeteries that were the rural garden cemeteries. Um, You know, they're they're art museums all in their own right. Mm And we've been places that are hundreds of acres. The Gravestone Conference this year was in Cincinnati, and we were in a cemetery that currently has 400 acres developed. Another 300 to go. Holy
2: crap!
3: Yeah, it, it was wow. impossible to cover in a day on foot, mm-hmm. but it was a wonderful challenge and full of amazing artwork and sculpture and famous people and stories and yeah, you know they're they're everywhere. I like the modern ones too. I, I didn't used to be able to say that, but I can mm-hmm. say it now because of the way people are putting using technology to put personal information, um, not just words, but a, I mean, more, more like the idea of putting uh, pictures on the stones using etching of some kind, whether it's hand etching or laser technology. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you, know, you can now see people's faces, and their motorcycles, and their pets, and their oh, right. their boats, or their hobbies. You name it, you name it. There,
1: are, there are actually some stones that you they have the audio with them.
3: Yeah, you yeah. know what? I'm, I'm still looking for one of those in New England.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we have them. I really don't. But I know that they are available. And I, I think we're, the reason we don't have them, of course, is we have a harsher climate than, for instance, California or Florida or, or right. some other parts of the country.
3: I think we don't have them in New England because we're still too puritanical.
1: <laughs> oh, OK. That is
3: way you too say so. That's for people. Um, the company that, that holds the patent for using QR, those little, those little QR squares, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the scanning technology, right. they're in Pennsylvania. And they've been signing monument companies up all over the place, uh, all over the country. And yet I, I've yet to see one here in New England. And when I give a presentation and I talk to people about what's going on in the landscape of the modern Cemeteries, and I show them the idea of having video or having um, having a, a QR code that you can scan that takes you to this person's website where they can put up to 999 pieces of content on their own personal website, people gasp and they roll their eyes and, <laughs> and they're like, this is, this is wrong, this is sacrilegious, or this can't this, be this right. But I only hear that in New England. I mean, the company in Pennsylvania is still in business and they're still working on this tech you know they're still selling this technology um it's just around uh in diameter it looks like a little button with the qr code next on it it's Mm -hmm. called a memory medallion
1: right well you've got
3: to be selling it somewhere
1: yeah yeah.
3: come up here
1: the only thing is, is you know, that it, things have changed so much, and they continue to change. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, people just don't go to cemeteries as, as they often did before. And, and I went to this wake and funeral, and it was all in one day. And remember, that it used to be wakes that would take two days, oh, right. three days, yeah. or some cases. And yeah. it's it's just, it's really just not the same. And, and uh, the cremation is is getting more and more popular. Uh, So, you know, we may lose our cemeteries uh, eventually.
3: Yeah, it's a conversation that the funeral industry is having currently. Mm -hmm. um, As people become more and more mobile, um, Mm -hmm. as they become more aware of of being green and being environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. There is definitely more of a move to cremation. The cremation numbers are creeping up every year. Um, Currently, a lot of them go on in turf but they still, those that do, still end up in the cemetery often, right. um, you know, not just on the or in the closet whatever. And I know that the funeral industry is having a conversation that says, well, you know, we should walk the family through the rest of the process.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And you, When you have a funeral and you have someone in a casket, you go through the whole process of going going to the cemetery and making the burial and saying goodbye and and all of that um, you don't they, they just hand you a box of
4: this with when you have
2: mm-hmm. a
3: carnation well they don't do that when you have a, a casket burial you know they don't go oh, oh here's one he's embalmed here's his casket now you can take him home right. so the, the industry is working try and try and make it come all the way around. Um, and, you know, use the cemetery and get people to go there, um, use the space that we have. Um, but, yeah, it is absolutely, it is absolutely changing. And cemeteries, in order to, be, to, to continue to be sustainable, have to have burials. They have to have people coming in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a number of them, and particularly they've already started on the West Coast and they're just starting to get to it here on the East Coast. Um, the idea of doing green burials within the existing cemetery so the oh, idea really? of of burying a body that has not been involved has something biodegradable around it whether it's a, a cardboard box you know, a cardboard casket or a wicker casket something that's biodegradable or even a, a cotton burial shroud no metal um, like I said no embalming fluids no vault or anything like that the body just goes back to the ground
2: Wow. Now, do you think with that, um, if you don't have a vault around it, I mean, don't we get back to that old problem of animals where they used to, you know, they used to have the cage uh, to prevent the animals from digging it up?
1: Wolf stones.
2: Wolf stones, yeah. I think the rule is
3: still that they have to be a certain number of feet down. Mm -hmm. I think it's. It's not always six feet, even in even in a vault. Um, but yeah, certainly with the vault and then the cover on the the cover on top of it. Oh, okay. Uh, you know the a lot of it. I mean, that's part of the conversation. Right. Do, are they really needed?
2: You know, mm-hmm. is it
3: to keep the earth from you know once the casket do once the the whole. What's in it, whatever's in the hole degrades and then it falls in. Right. Um one of the a number of the things that I've heard of being done are when you plant the body and then you plant a tree. Yep. So you've got something there and people have something to go to. Mm-hmm. Or you put you put a stone over it or or you just leave it to go back. Um I and mean, there's nothing that's going to stop some anyone, right. human or animal or whatever, from disturbing a burial if they want in bad enough. Certainly, vaults help, but the the idea of the vault was more of a sanitation issue, right? Along right. with embalming.
1: In other countries too, they uh, have uh, temporary burials. In other words, you're not buried forever there. They actually okay. dig you up again and move your body.
3: So, yeah, that because, happens here in this country.
1: Yeah. Oh, it does.
3: Down in the South, sure. Um, and there's a lot of places, but I mean, everybody's heard about the above ground tombs in, in Louisiana mm-hmm. and in, you know, New Orleans, if so famous. Um, and there there are some churches, they've sort of, I know that there's one still in practice around here, uh, but you, you purchase, like in New, in New Orleans, you have a vault, a uh, family vault, or you can buy a public vault. Um, and as long as you keep up with the payments, you get to stay. <laughs> or if somebody dies, and there's somebody already in there, when the next person dies, the, the body is taken out of the vault, not dug up from the ground, but taken out of this above-ground vault. Um, the casket is deconstructed and burned, and um, whatever is, is left of the mortal remains is bagged up, and then and put back in the vault. But beyond at the back portion of the vault is a um, a chamber. It, it, if the tomb is eight feet long, the slab that the body sits on might be six feet long, and there'll be a two foot spot behind that that's an opening. So you mm-hmm. you take the remains, you put them to the back of the vault, and it drops down into a hole. And oh, you've got now you've got room for some. Wow. Else. Well, I mean, the, the, you're talking about one. Of
1: the- oh, we keep losing there. Brenda, Brenda, we keep losing you. So we're going to have to call you back during the break, which is coming up very, very shortly. In fact, we're going to take a break about- right now. So we, we can't. You keep cutting out on us, so we'll have to have them call you back. But anyway, you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on TojiNet, PowerX. And Astronet and wherever the heck else will be in played. And we'll be right back after the following messages with Brenda from the Gravestone Girls. And the quiz. Okay.
3: <laughs>
0: Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world.
2: are back with Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest this evening, Petunia Jade, a.k.a. Brenda Sullivan from the Gravestone Girls. Woo-hoo. Hi, guys. Ah, oh, that's better.
4: Is that better? Yeah, sounds better yeah. on this end, too.
2: Yeah, we hear you. Definitely much better. So, Brenda, I I have to say, and I mean, we talk. we're talking about New cemeteries, old cemeteries, and, I mean, my favorite are still the colonial-era cemeteries, as amazing as some of the the laser work and everything is in the newer cemeteries. Do you have, you know what I'm going to ask, do you have a I favorite know cemetery?
4: <laughs> do you have a it's favorite like cemetery? To, it's like asking to choose your favorite
2: kid. I know. Choose your favorite I know. cat, you know. Yeah, people um, ask me all the time as well.
4: I honestly don't, and I really need to come up with a good answer for that, but <laughs> I really do. I've, seen, I've been in so many cemeteries, and I've seen thousands, and I've seen tens of thousands of stones on top of that, as I've been very fortunate to be able to, to look in places all over this country and overseas as well, and mm. I see new stuff all the time. I can go into an existing cemetery that that I have been in any number of times over the years and still see something new. I will say one of the things that jumps out since we're, this is how we, this is how I came to know you, Anne, um, being in that old burial ground in East Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a stone in there. It's got, uh, it was the first time I had seen this particular iconography, and it's a heart with wings with a cross Mm -hmm. on the top of it. Yeah, and I just recently ran into one in Hingham, and it, I've sort of put it on my to-do list to see if we can identify who the carver is, and and maybe you know, finding a cross in a colonial gravestone is a, a bit unusual, very unusual. Yeah, it, it almost way. sounds
1: like a the sacred hut. That's
4: pretty yeah, much. It, a... Yeah, but for the time period, it's not right.
5: Right. Uh, In terms of
4: that's not the kind of iconography for that time. So you know you don't always get a gravestone when you die, you know, even Mm -hmm. back then. Um, So a lot of times when you're looking at gravestones, they might be made later for somebody that died much earlier. They they can very often be backdated, Um, but it's it's so. It's so much fun when you run into something that's unusual and then you see it someplace else. You think, oh, this is the first time I've seen this or the only one I've ever seen. And eventually, if you look long and hard enough, I guess, you'll run into another one. Mm-hmm. So right. now that I know that that one's in Hingham, you know, I, as soon as I saw it in Hingham, I was like, hey, wait, I've seen that before. <laughs> um, and I mean, we, I remember, we, yeah. we, we were just. Um, we would just, I think you were part of that Facebook based on conversation with Ron Romano. He, he saw an upside down heart and that generated a whole bunch of conversation. You know, where did you see that? And I've never seen that before. Oh, well, I've seen that. Oh, well, I saw this, but it looks like that. And, you know, right. you never know what you're going to come across. So I guess it's a no. really long way to go around and say, oh, I have a favorite. And <laughs> if I was really hard pressed. Um the the catacombs in Rome. That just uh. suck. That was pretty great. <laughs> um, <laughs> bones built into temples and, and decorations all over the place. Uh, right. and also it's called an ossuary. Um, yeah, and it's just there's always something to be seen. These are very personal monuments in many cases. Since they not only reflect what society is thinking, but they're also reflective of, of the individual and the family. So you just never know what somebody's going to put on the face of the stone. And I think that uh, my my answer a lot of times is my favorite cemetery is the last one I went in. <laughs> because Perfect. I just saw something great that, you know, I might have seen the symbol before, but it looks different or, or I maybe never saw that before. And
2: hmm and I remember when you found that stone in the old graveyard and, and you had commented on it at that time. And, you know, I was like, huh, you know, I don't know. I'd never really thought about it. And it's and its little. It's not.
4: It is. It's very easy like to a, miss.
2: Yeah. And I had never I had never seen it until you pointed it out to me. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is cool. That is cool, and I'm I'm frantically looking on my computer like I need to find that picture and post it on the page. I'm I'll pr- I'll probably do it after the show, but um, it is a very cool stone, and it's neat to find something you've never seen before. So it is. Uh, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, and yeah, I absolutely and, no matter how big or small it is. Yeah, and I find that with the. Um, the suns, those little, those those cute little suns, I will see some like way north. And the only place I've ever seen them is in this South Shore area. And every once in a blue moon, I've seen one up in Maine. I've seen one in New Hampshire. I'm like, now what the hell? It's not supposed to be up here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's how people get started
4: investigating Carvers and um, the the guy that just po- published his book uh, about um, oh damn it what's his name Gershom, the sun carver anyway uh huh Ron's right. gonna kill you. the guy's name is Ron Romano and that's what happened is he found a sun he found a carved sun and he's like okay. I really like those and then we all knew he was looking at them so we kept sending pictures this is where we find this and this is where we find that um, and he's in Maine. And he's managed right. to to do his homework, do a lot of research, and um, and identified the carver, and that that carver worked down in your area, in the South Shore area, and uh, there were there were boats that ran every day. And this is this is 1700s. There are boats that ran every day up to Maine, because Maine was still part of Massachusetts, even though. Until the mid 1800s, even though Maine doesn't want to admit that, <laughs> and uh, and brought this guy's work back and forth between Maine, what is now Maine, and and Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So they they got around a lot more than we think they did. Right. Both, uh, you know, whether they were on the road working, or mm-hmm. um, if they were shipping their finished product back and forth from from mm-hmm. one from one location and then shipping it out to other destinations.
2: Right. And Ron, our friend Sue Brown, who um, has relatives up in Portland, and I know she was, she was up there recently on her birthday and looking at um, you know, her, her, her ancestors or her genealogy. The book that she showed me had a son in it, and that was, so that was from Portland. So that's probably the same carver that we're talking about. Yep, it is.
4: <laughs> yep, it is. Yeah, He worked yeah. up in the Portland area and uh he, he his stuff is all up and down the, the um, new england coast
2: right right and beautiful beautiful stuff as it, well. it
4: shows what happens when somebody gets gets intrigued by something you know mm-hmm. that's what happened with ron he just he really liked that design and he thought it was unusual and he started looking for more and he finds more and he goes and does Goes and and does some road trips and some research, and next thing you know, I mean, it's taken him a couple of years to get to this. But his hobby ran amok <laughs> and he turned it into a book. <laughs> yeah, and and that's how that's how that history gets preserved, and that's how those stories get told. You know, it it, it starts out as one person's um,
2: one person's passion, one person's interest. Right, right. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. So there's, now for those tapophiles who are out there listening, you know who you are. Um, (laughs) One of the old carvings is so alien-like. It's a death's head, but it looks to me, I look at it, and it's like an alien with little circles all around it. You know what I'm saying, right? Sometimes they have crazy hair. (laughs) Uh, The the
4: one one that we call an alien head, and I mean, it's. By no means the, the the official term for it or anything, um, mm-hmm. but it it's got that round head and the pointy chin. Yep. Is that the one you mean with the with the circular eyes and then the funny little straight nose and mouth? Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah. So that was a, a carver named Booster that worked out around the Groton area. Oh. His son also followed him in the carving business, which was pretty common to have two or three generations, uh, sometimes even four, of people uh, of people following in the master's footsteps for gravestone carving. Um, you can always tell that guy's work. Oh, yeah. Always. Oh, you know, you see it and you're like, there's an alien hit. There's another one. There's another one. Yep. Um, when did they land? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when did they land and put up all these gravestones? Uh, they, yeah. The the reading I've done on it says that that the the master carver um, was inspired, and this is back in the seventeen early seventeen hundreds. Um, mm-hmm. It was inspired by art on a Roman sarcophagus that he had seen oh. that looked similar, and <laughs> he figured, you know what, this is a pretty good symbol for mortality, and that's what I'm trying to convey, and that's what all of those death heads. Were meant to convey the idea about mortality, and he basically said, "Yeah, you know, good enough for the Romans, good enough for me." <laughs> and he carved in that style, and his son that apprenticed under him and then took over the carving. Um, mm-hmm. They carved that style almost exclusively for both of their careers. Wow! So sometimes they find a style and they just stick with it,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and other times they um, they evolve based on their own style and abilities and plus what what society moves to in terms of, of different symbols.
2: Right. Well, those are very, very different, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah,
4: yeah, they're so very typically New England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Ron, you had said something about digging people up, um, mm-hmm. and you know what? You're right. I had forgotten, and I had been to a... a, a Jewish cemetery in Prague, right in the middle of Prague, and um, they've been burying people there. It's in a it's in a very small area. It's like less than it's like less than a half a mile square. Ah. And it might even be smaller than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been burying people there since one thousand AD or twelve hundred AD, something oh very, very far back. And as they run at, as they would run out of space, they would take up the gravestones, make the space deeper, add more soil, so that they can now put a whole nother layer of interments on top of that and then put all the stones back up.
2: Oh my God. It, that's if like, you want so a picture, like a burial
4: mound. yeah. If you want a picture to post for the website, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, just Prague, uh, Prague. Uh, what did I just say? <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> the, the I can't think of the name of I can't think of the actual name of the cemetery, but just Google Prague Jewish Prague. burial ground. They say okay. that in that very, very small space that they've been burying for more than 800 years, um, there's 30 to 40,000 people in that small space.
2: Oh wow!
4: The stones are so close together uh, you you can't you can't walk between them like you can here in a in a in one of our cemeteries. <laughs>
2: oh wow! It
4: says
2: uh, it just says Prague. Jewish cemetery and I'm I'm looking at some of the images now and they're just crammed they're crammed together like yep. no you you Yeah and they're even... all
4: layered so the uh, oh my bodies God.
2: the bodies were very That's deeper a, new soil put up city. That's oh, amazing city. wow Nope not going in there <laughs> You can look at it from afar <laughs> Yeah it, wow. it's hard to get close to anything
4: um, But it's and the and the synagogue is beautiful as well. But there's there's such a, a mass of of history and and such a and you know we we wouldn't think about doing that here. It's a big deal if we bury ours like too too deep, two mm-hmm. two vaults deep in a in a burial space in a in a modern cemetery. Never mind, just keep stacking them up on top of each other.
1: Wow. That's okay, as promised, I have a quiz. So, Oh, yes. If you guys want to go along with it, that's fine. It is uh, it's it is 30 questions, so it's a little My. bit. So, but it's multiple choice, so there you go.
2: 30 so, questions. I don't know if we're going to get through that before we have to sign off.
1: I know, I
2: know. That's <laughs> Sorry. What,
1: that's what happens when you get two women together. That's right. You should, so see wait, us when, you should see us when we drink. But anyway, oh, you learned something. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, this is the first question. It's about historic cemeteries. So, in what year did the Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx, New York, open for business? And your choices are 1812, 1863, 1901. Do, 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 do.
4: So we just know. start it out or?
1: Yeah, what year did it open? Go for it.
4: I'm going with 1863. 1863,
1: and you would be right. It opened in 1863. This Civil War-era cemetery is the homes of the likes of Miles Davis, Herman Melville, Duke Ellington, and other notable people.
4: All right.
1: You are the best.
4: It is on the Gravestone Girls list to go to next. We were going to go next month, actually, but that's changed. But of all the places I can tell you where I've been, that one I've driven right by. I never had a chance to go in.
1: Okay. Right. Moving on. Question two. Highgate Cemetery in London is somewhat famous for sightings of what? Vampires, werewolves, or thieves? I'm going Highgate. with thieves. Highgate Cemetery, London. Thieves. I was
4: going with or- kangaroos, but that wasn't an option. <laughs>
1: No, it isn't. Werewolves. Werewolves okay. of London. So all right, let's try the werewolves. But wrong, both of you. It is vampires. Oh, damn it. Vampires. According, according to some public, publicity-minded locals, vampires intermittently, intermittently say that quick, stock the cemetery. So there you go. Vampires at Highgate Cemetery. Hey, oh, wait a, a
4: travel Okay. <laughs>
1: This is interesting. Uh, if anybody gets this wrong, I will immediately disconnect you. Uh, okay. Where <laughs> is the old Jewish cemetery located? <laughs> Ber- Berlin, uh, Prague, or Israel?
4: Uh, mm. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to pass on that one.
1: Uh, <laughs> Prague. Prague, Prague. Pick you me. You would be right. Pick me. Dun, 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 okay. Uh. okay. Located in Prague, uh-huh. the cemetery is filled with crazily tilted headstone. Crazily tilted. Crazily. I guess that's a word. I never it's heard like of that. It's a tilted world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Moving on. In some areas, oh, we're back to the Jewish cemetery, are we? Look, Again? Look, look. Yes. In some areas of the old Jewish cemetery, there are how many layers of graves. How many layers of grave? We talked about how they buried it on top of each other. Twelve, three, or two? I'm going with twelve. And do
2: you and... concur? I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this completely in uh, in Brenda's capable hands.
1: Twelve would be right. Right. Space, space limitations and religious laws forbidden grave removal meant there are no choices but to simply keep growing the pile of graves, which is twelve <laughs> deeps <some> in places. <laughs> 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 Lovely.
2: <laughs> They've been longer since
1: There's very little left. A little crowded there, huh?
2: Brenda, just so you know, Ron can massacre the English language any day of the week. So,
1: <laughs> just saying. In which city would you find Poets' Corner? Poets' Corner. Berlin, Boston, London. If you don't know this, I will shoot you both. Because I know it.
2: Mm. London.
1: London. Yeah, London. <laughs>
4: I've been I'm there. Going, yeah.
1: Good girl. Uh, London's Westminster Abbey yeah. is called Poets' Corner. As a, teenager, age- As a teenager.
2: As a teenager, oh. I was there. Yeah. See that?
1: And you pulled that one out of your butt. There you go. See, I do know something. <laughs> Not much. It's something. a
4: good thing it was multiple choice because that wasn't where I was going. I, oh, was, going right
2: over, I really? was going right over in Concord. Yeah, we've got our own. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've
4: got that our own Ridge. Poets Hill.
2: Po- yeah. Is, is it Ridge or Hill? Poets Hill? Poets Ridge? Poets Ridge. Poets, Authors Hill.
1: Authors, Authors Hill. Hill. There yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah,
4: I yes. need to stick to gravestones, not poetry and literature.
1: <laughs> However, it wasn't it. Uh, what sort of characters would you find buried in Mount Moriah Cemetery in South Dakota? Mount Mariah Cemetery in South Dakota. Old West historical figures, World War I dead, Native Americans. Native Americans?
2: Uh, Mount,
1: Mount Mariah no, Cemetery old, South Dakota.
2: Old, old Southwest.
1: Yeah. Old oh, oh, historic figures? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if we get that. And you would be right. Mount Mariah in Deadwood is the home, and I've been to Deadwood by the way. To Calamity Jane and Wild Bill Hickok. Uh, yeah. The fantastic.
2: The, uh, the Native Americans would not be in.
1: A you seminar. got that right. Yeah. Eh. Okay. Here you go. <laughs> We're just wizard right along here no, until the early five. <laughs> Until the early 1800s, where did the Venetians bury their dead? So in, until the early 1800s, where did the Venetians bury their dead? Under paving stones in the city, under their homes, under wine cellars. Good Lord.
4: They're Italian. they got to be under the wine cellar.
1: Yeah. I, know I was going to say they just threw
4: them in the canal, but apparently uh, That's not. what
2: I was thinking. They <laughs> just threw them in the ocean.
1: Oh, Wrong. Lacking space, they simply buried them under the paving stones in the city, making oh. the whole place a graveyard. Ooh. Wow. So you go to Venice, you're walking on dead people. That's Sweet. Special. <laughs>
4: There's a bonus I... on a trip, isn't it?
1: Yeah. There you go. You guys are uh, doing not bad. <laughs> <I
2: hope. laughs> that was very kind of you.
1: Kind of. Kind of Gettysburg National Cemetery does not have a section of fallen soldiers from which war? Gettysburg National Cemetery does not have a section for fallen sol- soldiers from which war? The Civil War, World War II, Spanish-American. Gettysburg World National Cemetery. Yeah, I was going to say World War II. Okay, let's see. And you would be right. There is no section for World War II. Doesn't really make sense, logically speaking. Yeah, Right. well, you did good. Right. You guys are rocking never up the know points.
2: What do we win?
1: Yeah, what do we win? I'll, yeah,
2: tell,
1: you if, we win? I'll <laughs> tell you if you ever complete it.
2: <laughs> We're never going to get through 30
1: questions. Well, up to nine. <laughs> on, an average, on an average, how long are bodies allowed to remain on the Isle of Dead near Venice? Oh. 30 years, uh-huh. 12 years, 3 years. The Isle of Dead in Venice. How long are they? there. I believe it's 30.
4: And? I believe it's
1: 30.
2: Anne? I defer to Brenda.
1: It is 12 years. Ah. <gasps> Due to space restrictions, once again, families lease burial pots, which we were talking about, for only 12 years before the bodies are exhumed to make room for more. So yeah. what do you do with them after they're exhumed? Don't they have to in burn them somewhere else? Don't they have to burn them so somewhere
4: that else? Island, <laughs> that island in Venice
1: Isn't it is cool? the
4: only place they bury the bodies now. Um, oh, and oh. those date to the 1800s. And I can't remember yep.
2: what they do with them. Maybe
4: they, they, they just burn, them. Them. Yeah, just
2: they burn them. them. Yeah, I'm just thinking they, they must, them. Yes. right? Yeah, that make them an They get
4: reinterred somewhere. And maybe they get cremated and then get reinterred. I
1: don't know. I got homework, clearly. Uh, wow. Okay. How many popes are buried at St. Peter's Basilica in Vatican? 90, 110, or 300? How many popes are buried God. at St. Saint- Peter's? God.
2: 90, have- 110, 300. Oh. Don't we need to the- call up Wendy need to answer this question. I was yeah, I just I- thinking of her.
1: She <laughs> well, I would like she- to know about her. She, she would know in a heartbeat. I'm going uh, with 90. 300. And you wouldn't know 90?
2: I said 90.
1: 90 would be right. <laughs> dun, 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 good job. <laughs> good job. So 90 or about 90. Or, was that the bell?
2: That was a sad little pizza from the dead bell.
1: Oh, that it, was sad.
2: It sounded like something stuffed up inside the bell, and it was
1: muffled. <laughs> wow. Well, this will be the last question. All right. Uh, what sort of people are buried at Forest Lawn Cemetery in California? Celebrities, homeless people who commit suicide. Celebrities. And clicking on that. All right. And you would both be right. Of course. So, anyways, we've got to end it there, unfortunately. I'll post this link to this quiz on our uh, website, and you can all take it on your own. That would own be fun. 11. That would be fun. So, well, we, scored, we scored 8 out of 11. I think Oh, that's, that's
2: pretty, pretty good. Pretty damn good. That's pretty good. All I have to say. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God. Brenda, thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight. Um Ron was like, oh, do you think a Gravestone Girls could be on? I'm like, oh, let me get in touch. Yeah, well, actually,
1: I, I, I actually I actually sent an email to him. And of course, you did to respond because I'm only a man. But, that's uh, right. So I pulled punches <laughs> and contacted. Uh, I even dropped an email, and I figured that would get some, but it, it didn't. So anyways, that's why I contacted him. But we thank mm. you very much for joining us. It, it was a fun show, and I, I learned a lot as well. Uh, Thank you. you. Know. Yeah, it was fun. I, love I learned that you guys stuff, don't go as much as you thought you did.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've made myself a note for the Venetian answer. And I want to know okay. where they go. I went there, and I need to know where they go after 12 years. Yeah, right. Right. I've got it's my really homework go. assignment.
1: You'll have to, you'll, you'll have to let Yan know or post it on our Facebook page so we know too.
2: Right. Can right. do.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Brenda, Brenda. Brenda, yeah, thank you so much. We do appreciate it, especially in the short notice. I, yeah. I, I do yeah, appreciate anytime. it. Yeah, so.
4: anytime. It's always fun. All it right. was a lot of
1: fun, and one day I'm going to take one of your classes because I want to learn something about something. Oh, you should.
2: We can yeah. teach you something, no problem.
1: All right. Yeah, I, I want well, to have,
2: have a, a great Christmas. And everybody thank you. out there, we won't talk to you again till after Christmas. So thank You're you. No. no. Christmas is Sunday.
1: I'm, right?
2: a <laughs> well, I'm not going to talk to him. So have a all great right. Christmas. Love you all. Thank you for listening.
1: Good night. Thank God you bless. Sure. Bye-bye. Good
2: night.